Three, one, two. Oh, I am live. I am live. Going live. We're doing it live. Uh, you know that old chestnut. Well, this is my birthday live cast, I believe, here. And going to be going over a few things. Uh, it was just recently my birthday after Thanksgiving. And I figured, you know, it's a good time to do podcast it. Everything had to settle down there. The dust had to clear. Old Hambo's back. And uh hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, mine was great. Uh, had some good turkey. Uh, my brother's good good cook. Uh, he made uh, barbecue turkey. And with cranberry barbecue sauce and we had all the fixings we had the macaroni and cheese uh baked beans uh, my mom's uh bean casserole and my aunt's yams and then we had for dessert uh cherry cobbler apple pie and pumpkin pie so that was delicious uh, pumpkin pie with cool whip as it was. So there you go. Um, so yeah, hope everyone's Thanksgiving was great. Um, I definitely uh, should take some time myself to donate to the Salvation Army. Um, maybe I'll throw a link, link up here uh, to take time. It's always good to, to give the charity to open your heart around this time a little bit more to help people out. And it could—it doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be money. It can be something, a good deed, you know, a good uh, something positive, something good you say to somebody. Um, we're not perfect people. It's good to do things to help uh, make up for some of the some of the the badness in our in our characters. And uh, I always think about that every day. Hambo's not a perfect person, but I am working on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to definitely get some wine, get some, some drinkage a little bit here and there. Uh, so, because it is the time, it is the time a little bit to kind of chill out. Because the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing leads up to this big, huge climax at the end of the year, and you know, celebrating several birthdays. Um, and this this month, towards the end of the year, it's just it really um, throws you off the working course. The momentum slows or speeds up, depending how you look at it, but. Tis that season. Hopefully soon I'll have a uh, special Christmas edition of the Ham Palace. I'm trying to figure out what that's going to look like. Um, and thinking about plans. Plans for this podcast for the foreseeable future. And uh, yeah, maybe I might be uh, investigating and, and uh, having some more guests on. I know it has been a long time since I've had some some guests on. 
you know, I keep saying that, but it keeps getting pushed off to the side. Uh, but yeah, I might start doing some some merch, you know, maybe the the, the occasional Ham Palace T-shirt or mug. We'll see. We'll see what I got planned down the line. I might take things a little bit more serious, so look out. I mean, no advertising yet, so you are all lucky. You are getting the Ham Palace raw before before the commercialization of it. I, you don't hear me saying any ads. At the beginning, that you got to fast forward through, or at the end. Well, I take that back. You do. <laughs> you do it. It's mostly my comic, you know. But it, it's not like from you know, you know, all those like razor blades or something more generic. At least it's a special kind of commercial that is totally has to do with me uh, and my work. So uh, rage number four is out at IndiePlanet.com, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> and also, I am looking at getting some comic books comic books made, so, hey, I got birthday money, so I might use the birthday money to buy some comics for my next uh, convention, which I don't think it's going to be December, but probably in February, so. I got to take things, I got to take things more serious. As I'm getting older, I mean, as far as things more serious, I mean my my work, you know, my my artistic work, my my creative work, my filmmaking work, and uh, just gotta keep working at it. Get taking action every day to get things done. Take it, go all in on it. Go all in, and uh, you know, I got some uh, big, huge canvas uh, canvases from from my brother for my birthday, and. Uh, that's a sign that I need to start taking things to the next level, both as a podcaster, a storyteller, comedian, and a filmmaker. Just got to keep going, going deeper, going deeper. I, I will be that nuanced niche person, I guess, in, in this, in the history of this world. I guess I, there's nothing wrong with that as long as I keep committing to it because I think when uh, Hambo's going to hit you with some philosophizing here, uh, when you start to go the path more taken, <laughs> the more taken, we, you know, hey, we all got to have jobs. We all got to work some kind of variant of the 95. Um, you know, we have to uh, do our best to feed ourselves and others and pay the bills, but... You know, you're not working on something on the side that you're passionate about that could possibly get you out of that to where you are making money doing what you love. Well, then, I'd say you've won. You've won the game. But if you haven't yet, if work still got you by the tail, well, you keep, you keep, you keep chugging along. Brick by brick. Brick by brick, you know, foot by foot in the direction that you're passionate about. And you just keep going. And, uh, you know, that fight is very real. Because it's too easy to sit down in front of the TV at the end of the day. And just, you know, give up. 
and uh, and let the TV, let the Netflix, the YouTube, what have you, carry you off into the night, and your 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 day's over. Um, not that you you know, hey, there is some kind of peace in that if you're not hurting anyone, and you're just vegging out. You just like you just want you know once in a while there's nothing wrong. Once in a while it's nothing wrong with having a day where you just play video games. There's nothing wrong with having a day where you just sit down and relax and just be present. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a day where you just read books all day. And uh, that I have one of those days soon, which I need to schedule. Um, so yeah, here I am uh, recording this one for you guys. Uh, saw a movie recently. It's called The Holdovers. The Holdovers. Um, it's a movie starring Paul Giamatti. And basically it's a setup. There'll be some spoilers here, but it's a setup of this kid. He's in high school, like a Ivy League high school, like a nice one. And it's approaching winter break, Christmas, and uh, he has to stay at the school because um, his mom has met a stepfather that she wants to spend time with. She doesn't want him coming home, which is a pretty crazy scenario. <laughs> you know, uh, can't imagine something like that happening but he's got to stay there and uh go through uh christmas uh at school and the people the the rest of the uh students that are there they end up going home uh eventually one gets uh coptered out <laughs> out of there you know and i i sympathize with this because i remember when i was going to college i you know Right around spring, I never went to spring break uh, to Cancun or anything because I either couldn't afford it or I just didn't have friends that would do that. And I just wasn't into doing that kind of thing. And so I would, I would have to stay there at the college through the winter and work and everybody would be gone. And that's what this reminded me of that, that time. And, uh, you know, the kid's got to stay there. He's, you know, high school, you know, he's probably a senior year or junior or something. And he's staying there with Paul Giamatti, who is a history teacher. And he, Giamatti gets, you know, put on the job to do some, uh, you know, like kind of like a, put on a, a Christmas educational course, kind of like a summer class. And, uh, you know, um, there's another woman in there, and she she's the, the cook, and she lost her her son during uh, Vietnam, I guess. Something that takes place in the 70s, and so it's kind of a bonding movie uh, uh, between the, the three of them and the different worlds that they're from, and how they relate to each other, and. It is it is a drama slash comedy, more drama than comedy, but there's some comedy in it. It's very kind of nostalgic for that time of the of the uh, of the world, um, and it's uh, it, it kind of reminds me of a Farley Brothers movie when they when they do 
movies that are a little bit more serious. Like uh, I think it, one of the serious ones was uh, Outside Providence. I think was with Alec Baldwin. Uh, it's very much kind of like that. Um, Paul Giamatti's great. He plays the character in this. Just that's the kind of character he's meant to play, and he just he shows up and he does a great job as usual. Um, he nails it. And uh, you know, there's a lot of bickering back and forth. Uh, there's there's you know the kid tries to always escape from this from the uh, from the school, and he convinces. Uh, Paul Giamatti's character to go into Boston and just as like a field trip even though they're really kind of not supposed to <laughs> and yeah there, there's a whole bunch of like escapades to get into and uh, things it's just like it, this kid's looking for an excuse to get out of there <laughs> and they get to know each other along the way and uh there's a confrontation towards the end there with uh, the kid's uh, mom, and it, it poses a question: Should a teacher really uh, interfere with a student's life? Uh, but if it, if it kind of affects him and his responsibility responsibility to look over to look after him too, in a way, kind of a weird semi guardian. Uh, he is kind of responsible, you know, for the kid. It, it's the holdovers is a good movie. It's I, you know, there's this whole scene where uh, the kid is running around it, like he gets into, he jumps, he goes into the the gym. I'm, you've probably seen this. They said it in the advertising plenty of times where the Rubicon, where he's got it, you know, it's like this big kind of spring gymnastic equipment. Um, and Paul Giamatti is like, don't, don't cross the Rubicon. And he goes, goes in there, he jumps off the, the thing and he, well, the kid hurts himself and he's got to go to the hospital after that. But, <laughs> you know, the thing is like, they should have built that joke up a little bit earlier in the movie, I thought for a better payoff, but it's fine. You know, I was worried about the movie being too dry. Like it seemed like too dry of a film, but it's a great matinee movie. Um, it's a great uh, five dollar Tuesday movie, and yeah, it's a good seasonal movie, and it gets you in the mood for the season. And uh, I recommend it. I recommend the kids looking for his his dad. There's a situation with his dad where he's not the dad isn't involved with him anymore. And uh, I don't want to spoil that, but that's kind of an interesting turn. And, of course, they're separated. Uh, his parents are separated and all that. So uh, check it out. The Holdovers, I recommend. I'll give that an 8.5 out of 10. Um, could have used a few a few more jokes, but I think overall it's pretty good. for what It, it succeeds at what it's trying to do. Um also, okay, so that's that review. I also, um, oh, well, before I go into the, the, the comic book review, uh, I just want to say Paul Giamatti, you know, gosh, that guy is, you know, I was just saying, I think in like, he hasn't been in any movies in so long, and but he has been in a TV show. I think he's in 
one of the HBO shows. I think it's called Billions, something like that. One of those money ones. But uh, he was great in uh, American Splendor. And uh, he plays a, uh, a cartoonist, well, a comic book illustrator. Who is like an indie comic book illustrator who would um, write comics about his life. Um, working, I think, as like a, some kind of clerk, like a male cl- uh, clerk. And uh, but Harvey Picar, Harvey Picar was the guy's name. And you could find his work, uh, you know, back issues and things like American Splendor was the name of the comic and the movie. But uh, that's a very funny, slice-of-life, realistic, good movie um, that Paul Giamatti, you know, he, he nails that character. And, uh, I, you know, when he first came onto the scene, I remember him in Howard Stern's Private Parts. And he's got a really good ball-breaker, boss kind of character in that. Uh, like, he's, he was the guy that uh, kept Howard Stern down and didn't want him to he wanted to keep him in his lane very much and uh i think giamatti's great at those characters um also i loved him in uh fred claus who i uh, play he plays santa claus and uh and vince vaughn is his brother who he has to his brother has to uh deliver the toys because something happens to him like he gets sick or something like that and so his brother Played by Vince Vaughn's got to deliver the the present. It's it's funny, An offbeat Christmas gimmicky movie, you know, which is kind of missing these days. Uh, what else? Um, I did see Killers of the Flower Moon, although I think that kind of deserves its own podcast. I didn't get chance. I wanted to put a review of that earlier, but maybe I'll, I'll talk about that in the next the next one. But um, I'll go into comic books. I, you know, I was talking to you guys about the Hunt for Wolverine, and I finished that. And basically, in a nutshell, you know, because it was a lot of reading. Uh, there's Daredevil, and um, Daredevil. Who else? Oh. And it's a couple, uh, I forgot the name of the woman that's helping him out. But Daredevil and Iron Man, right? And this woman that has like a, me- uh, bi- a mechanical bionic arm. And this guy that looks like a, an MIB is, is looking for Wolverine. And the first few issues... Or get a little dull. There's a lot of talking. Um, they do feature Albert, the android, the Wolverine uh, android, which is from, I, thought, I think he's from the Mojoverse or something. Um, that was neat. Uh, but it kind of gets a little dry after a while. Um, basically, the whole comic graphic novel is just a bunch of these heroes that we, kinda, that we know uh, just looking around trying to find them. And because he's been hatched out of his adamantium shell, he's been freed, and and they're hunting for him. And Iron Man gets together with uh, uh, Luke Cage and everybody, and they're it's just kind of the 
everything. They run into Mr. Sinister, and Mr. Sinister is has like uh, copies of DNA of everybody in the in the world or something like that. They find his, his backup copies of that, and so it's kind of like these characters and they're on their way to find Wolverine. What they run into, there's flashbacks of uh, stuff with Wolverine with Spider-Man, and and there's kind of a neat little flashback of. Wolverine like uh, sacrificing himself, like getting blown up, uh, uh, for a like in a bank or something like that. Like they gotta uh, they gotta undetonate a bomb, and he's gotta stay there and undetonate it, and he gets blown up. And, but his mutant healing factor kind of brings him back together painfully. Um, so that's a little flashback scene they have. I f- Forgot what the twist was with that. It had something to do with Tony Stark and and all that being the cause of the bomb. And there's there's a whole subplot there. But there was a in in the middle of this they have uh, Wolverine's enemies, Sabretooth, um, Lady Deathstrike, and uh, Dakin. Dakin, I think. Dakin or Dakin. And that's his Wolverine's kid. He's kind of got like a mohawk, and he's got like, yeah, and he's got adamantium claws too. But uh, he's kind of like a smart-ass young version of Wolverine in a way, a rebellious version of him, if even more rebellious, <laughs> and with a big chip on his shoulder. And they get involved with this whole thing with this. Uh, these zombies, I guess, they have to take on zombies because they're trying to find Wolverine too, because they want to find out what's going on, or they want to beat his ass, they want to get revenge on him, or something as always. And uh, they're they got their agendas. And uh, Dakin, I think he ends up getting killed in it. So it's pretty crazy. That was pretty heavy. Um, these zombies in it, like there's a scene with Sabretooth. And where he's kind of like, he's kind of freaked out by the zombies. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Sabretooth's such a crazy, crazy ass. Like, he lives to kind of fight and and kill. So to me, Sabretooth would be having a field day with zombies. So they kind of like, <laughs> they make him kind of a little too normal in that, you know. But the art's okay. That's, you know. Um, I think at, towards the end of this whole graphic novel, they get to, um, there's a cool one where they have Rogue together with, um, Kitty Pride, and they go to Madripoor, and they take on, uh, Viper, and some of her cronies, her, her mutant, her mutant, uh, henchmen, and they fight and everything, and they discover Wolverine, or Patch, um, his essence, I think Psylocke, she discovers his uh, spirit uh, kind of um, trapped and in some kind of mental prison or something. It was real odd. Um, but they end up, fi- at the end of it, see this is spoilers, uh, The you, you only find out till the very last comic of of it that this Santeria or something this weird uh, mutant or I don't know what it's supposed to be it's 
broken him is broken him free uh and and it's brought him back from the grave somehow and so there's really that's the only answer you get to the whole thing and it's a big graphic novel so really the answers are in the return of wolverine which i'm currently reading and that's given you more answers and uh wolverine's kind of got amnesia again <laughs> and uh you're finding out a little bit more why he was taken and how he was freed from the animatium so those all those questions still need to be uh straightened out but Really, the hunt for Wolverine is basically that, and it has some good moments, but it's like, ah, some of this could have, could have been shortened, especially some of the Daredevil stuff, and you really don't get any good answers to it. <laughs> so, is it a complete waste? No, it's not a complete waste, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's okay. It's 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 got me interested, in, like, because it's so much of the of the book books don't have Wolverine and, and the other characters are just searching for him and it's hard to make things interesting it, the, the whole concept kind of got I, I don't know milked became a little too dry after a while so I'm looking forward to the return of Wolverine I got like two issues of that I'm not sure how long that goes on for but I want to know why you know what's going to happen with old man Logan and the current marvel continuity or all these comics are pretty old now at this point uh i mean not old old but old you know 2018 2019 you know so they're behind you know i think i'm trying to think if it was after the whole reboot or the secret wars reboot or before it i'm not sure but I know Old Man Logan was in brought into the Marvel Universe currently to kind of make up for the loss of the regular Wolverine because that one, he died. So I, I don't know if they tried to... I don't know. So I have to go back and start reading Old Man Logan again. So I, I, I'm so behind in my, in my, my Wolverine and, and X-Men and Marvel comics, like what's going on there. Um, but, so there you go. Hunt for Wolverine, I'll give, uh, I guess, 7 out of 10 claws. It's just maybe a little above average, but could be better. Um, and again, no real answers, and you just get a little bit of something at the end. Uh, although there, there is a few issues where there's some good scenes, but ultimately dragged out a little bit too long. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there you go. What else? What else? What else we got to talk about here? As always, you can email email me at screamingeagles7 at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the cast, the podcast, and what you want me to discuss. Um, sometimes I'm pretty lean, but I, I like being a lean podcast. I, I like it. Uh, I'm done a late night with Hambo in a little while that I'm probably due to do that. But I did record my last day, uh, my last day uh, at 45. I always do these last days and I record kind of like a diary throughout the years of like a year review 
what I got accomplished, what I need to accomplish, and am I happy where I'm at? Kind of a check-in, check-up from the neck up, as Richard Fain says. And, uh, yeah, I think it's good to do that, to keep it real with yourself. And uh, um, I should have the state of an entertainment, maybe I'll do that for a year under, the state of entertainment, because that's definitely due. I'm trying to look at it from an approach uh, that's different from every other YouTube uh, film uh, connoisseur out there, but it's hard to get away and make it that, because I, I agree with a lot of what people are saying. It's like, it's just everything's so agenda-driven. You know, everything by Disney's putting on is crap. And uh, it's just, I really think, I really think that somebody is sabotaging our culture. I really do, because it's so glaringly bad. It's so over the top with the writing being as horrid as it has been. Um, and Doctor Who is no different. And it's coming to, uh, I'm finding out that Russell T. Davis, Davies uh, has, uh, has uh, turned on his fans. And from everything I'm seeing from the return of David Tennant, um, it's agenda-driven. Um, very pro uh, pronouns and very pro this, that, and everything. And uh, it just, it's very, everything's very not subtle at all. <laughs> um, so, look, I, I, I don't want to get too political on this. This is really, I want, it's just kind of an escape was listening to my show, but it's when you start to get deeper into the entertainment field these days, it's just, you know, it's so hard to not talk about, you know, the bullshit um, propaganda that is out there that uh, they're trying to teach us how to, uh, to be, <laughs> how to treat each other and therefore we are lectured like little childs uh, little children and uh and the story is not put first and uh yeah it's just the writers are just not not able to well first of all a lot of them don't do the homework you know they're either not, they're either not fans of the original material or they don't care they're not passionate about the characters that they're writing and they just want to put in the politics of the day. And they use it as a platform to, you know, spread that. And it's like, no, just come up with your own characters. Come up with your own movie about it, you know. Don't use other established characters to do that, you know. But Hamble, I'm not going to go into that. Hamble doesn't want to go into that. <laughs> because there's enough YouTube channels talking to you about that. You know, I'm just going to add to the fire that much more and it's like and not that it's necessarily a bad thing but it's like do I have to even say it and it's everyone is saying it's so obvious you know so I, I, I'm trying to put a different spin on it that's a little bit more mm, I don't know a little bit different 
and uh, it just gets frustrating because there are so many movies um, now that are just really trying to push uh, a message of some sort, um, and, and they're not subtle about it at all, and it makes me want to throw up. And <laughs> that goes for TV shows, and starting to leak into games a little bit from what I hear, and starting to leak into, uh, you know, comics. That's why comics have been sucking lately, and I'm starting to go back, you know, back to the, the great ones. Like, I'm going to I'll buy and read Swamp Thing. I'll buy and read uh, uh, Secret Wars, the original, you know, and go back to the classics. Um, so I think that's good. That's, that's good. That's it. I'm going to wrap it, call it. Call it a Thanksgiving cast. I hope everyone had a great one. And, uh, yeah, we're getting into it, folks. We are deep into the Christmas vortex. And we're past the event horizon. And, uh, well, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for joining me live. May you, have, may you all have long days and pleasant nights. Happy holidays.